0: welcome to Broads and Books, the podcast with one unique theme, four hand-picked book recommendations, and two broads. I'm Amy.
1: And I'm Erin. And this is episode number nine, What the What? What the What? What?
0: (laughs) This week's theme and picks are all about weird. They'll have you saying, what the what? (laughs) What? Our picks are genre-bending, genre-combining, and sometimes just plain rule-breaking. They're hard to define, and they often hang out in a category
1: of their own, just like we do yes we're in our own category you're right we are (laughs) i like it (laughs) what the what is the name of our category (laughs) yes
0: when we put our podcast on itunes there was no what the what category and it was like come on there should have been been.
1: that's just a mistake on iTunes' part. really get on board we need our own category yeah so in the spirit of weird fusions and what in the what moments i was trying to think of things that i like to combine Mm -hmm. so of course for me this came down to food (laughs) of course I mean, <laughs> where else would it go? Right. So I was thinking, Amy, if you had the chance to combine two restaurants, mm-hmm. what two would you pick or what types of food? You know, I thought for
0: a, a long time about this, which mm-hmm. indicates we both love food yeah, the way that we do. Uh-huh. And I came down to dessert.
1: I'm Ooh. picturing
0: like a baked goods and an ice cream place. Together. And I'm sure this exists in some ways, you know, but I want it explicitly like cake and ice cream, you know, and you can have your pick of cakes, cookies, whatever, and you can have your pick of the ice cream you want and glorious combinations. This actually sounds like a great business idea.
1: Yeah. I think you could call it cake and ice cream. Yeah. It's mean to the point. Self explanatory. Yeah. Yeah. And I, there's no what the what there. That's mm. what the what. Why doesn't that exist? Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. That sounds amazing. You know, and I may um, get some flack for not offering pie in there. I don't know. I'm going to say cake.
1: You know what? Good Stick to your brand.
0: Thank you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what, what about you, Erin? Um, for me, I was trying to think of like my favorite things and things that aren't together. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, really enjoy like sushi or yeah. Chinese food. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'm also, there's one dessert. But if it's on the menu, I order no matter where I go. And that's bread pudding. So if I could have a Chinese place that also offered lots of (laughs) varieties of bread pudding. Wow. I would eat there every day. That's a a real interesting combo. That's a what the what. That is a what the what. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of people think that about bread pudding too. But I challenge you that you haven't tried it if you think that. Because you know who's on board with that is our friend Travis. He's all for it. Which so, good for him? Yeah, I mean, I knew I liked him, but <laughs> double time
0: for the bread pudding. So, Travis, I think you and Aaron are going to start a Chinese and bread pudding place.
1: Yep, mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. I, like I, yeah, I don't know if he's looking for new ben- business ventures, but he is now. I put him on the loan application, so
0: <laughs> he'll be fine with it. Okay, don't good. worry. Good. Yeah, 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 good, good, good. You know, another thought I had about combinations and you know combining things. Mm-hmm. If you could combine two animals into mm. one, what would you do? Okay.
1: I would combine <laughs> a teacup Pomeranian and a penguin. What in the what? <laughs> because I love how small teacup Pomeranians are, <laughs> but I'm not a huge dog person. Okay. So if I could take that size that like fits in a teacup mm-hmm. and make it a penguin, then I could Ooh. just... Have like a stylish purse that I kept him in, and he just came out, and I was like, "Oh, I can't come because that's Tiny's feeding time." And people are like, "Okay, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> that's incredible." Yeah,
0: I want you to, you know, get a science degree so you can do that. Okay, somehow
1: breed them together. I, I am game. I yeah. think it would be fantastic. Okay, I would make a separate pool in my house just for that little guy. Oh, man. It wouldn't have to be very big would his name be tiny yeah okay yeah the first so one tiny for small. sure yeah tiny yeah <laughs> oh the first one yeah so there's gonna be well more. i feel like in that kind of experiment you're probably gonna have some it's gonna be tiny then probably shorty then you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know thinking about experimenting you're gonna have some duds you're gonna have some real dumb tiny penguins yeah that come out of that that
1: maybe yip like a pomeranian because mm-hmm. penguins don't really have a distinguishable noise right now no so i could be really messing with Nature to give him kind of a bark. <laughs> but, you know what? I'm still game. I just think it's going to be too, too cute. Can you imagine a penguin in a little outfit? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that's he could a be the mascot. Yes. Yeah. Chinese food, bread pudding, tiny penguin store. This is incredible.
0: I don't know why more people... <laughs> we should have our own shark tank where, like, people come to us with ideas and we're like, you know what? No, you haven't gone far enough. You need to add baby pomeranian penguins to your combo restaurant
1: and people don't watch it anymore because they never invest in good ideas it's always stupid ideas all you're gonna sell is chocolate sauce yes
0: we'll be losing them lots of money it'll be great yeah you can just watch from the side yeah so what about you i think i went a little more um maybe practical oh okay i mean and so i feel a little you know embarrassed now but i would have combined a cat and a dog because oh. here's why good old podcat she's self-sufficient she lets me know when mm-hmm. she wants things mm-hmm. and lets us both know when we're not paying enough attention right to her. correct yeah however sometimes she can be a little bitch she's very standoffish as cats she are is, yeah yeah she does
1: have a, a mean streak mm-hmm. i want to make sure her eyes weren't looking at me
0: <laughs> <laughs> she's sleeping or she's pretending to sleep yeah right now That's scary yeah okay. but a dog those dogs love everyone. And so True. combine the self-sufficiency of a cat with the adorable, mm-hmm. unconditional
1: love of a dog. I mean, you got gold right there. Wow. You're right. Yeah. That's actually genius. See? Yeah. I okay, quit. That's fine. We're going to vacate the, after the Chinese bread pudding, we're going to vacate the tiny penguin store and put in a cat slash dog store, mm-hmm. a cog store, <laughs> but no, no, a dat store. A dat. A dat cog store. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Oh my god. god. We should probably just get off
0: cuz we got really so much should. Yeah. Woo. I don't know, but I think some people came to listen about
1: books. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, is that what this not business is about? ideas?
0: Yeah. Well,
1: <laughs> so I mean, what the what moments with restaurants and food? I can only imagine what our book picks Oh, god. how great they are.
0: I imagine yours are incredible. I know mine are pretty great.
1: Well, start me off. Okay. Give me your first fiction pick, Amy. <laughs> my first
0: fiction pick is called Eleanor or The Rejection of the Progress of Love. It's a mouthful. It's by Anna Mastavakis from 2018. And here's the thing. Something has happened to Eleanor. She's 39. She's a teacher and writer. Um, And this thing, whatever has happened to her, it sort of permeates her daily routine. Um, She wanders around in Brooklyn. She teaches. She reads. Um, She, at some point, breaks her routine to track down a computer thief. And then she goes to take drugs in a commune in upstate New York. As one does. Yes. Moves to Ethiopia to work in a museum. But throughout all of it, there's this thing that's happened, and this thing is never named. And a few pages into the novel, I just sort of assumed it was going to be some massive trauma, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think especially when we're um, female and we're reading of females talking about trauma or talking about something that's happened, we go there, right? Right. But I think the author is sort of pushing back against this, and she does it by this really crazy structural thing, which is why I chose it for this theme. Ooh. Um, so interspersed with this sort of third person story of Eleanor, there's a first person story about the writer behind Eleanor, the writer telling Eleanor's story, which is kind of Ooh. Anna Mastrovacus, but kind of someone else too. Wow. There's some real what the what moments yeah, going on. Yeah, this here. is already what the what. Yeah. So the this writer, she's detailing her process of writing about Eleanor. And she's grappling with this inner voice, this inner critic, as well as this male critic that she's bringing in to kind of give her feedback. And he's this this kind of ass of a guy Mm -hmm. who's using her as like this sounding board and and telling her it's not good enough and she needs to, you know, do this and this and that. So – Eleanor is thinking of this thing that happened again and again, and the critic is demanding that the writer name this thing, but we as readers, we're not quite sure if we want to know if what this thing is, is, is named. We're not sure if it's divorce or miscarriage or lost job. I'm thinking about those kinds of things. We would maybe have a, a different reaction than if it was, um, you know, rape or, or some kind of female trauma. Right. And I think that over the book, you start to realize maybe we've developed these sort of gut reactions to this kind of story because of the sheer amount of stuff we're seeing every day. And that's what Eleanor is doing, too. She's like constantly looking at her feeds. She's looking at the news. She's looking at this fire hose of information that's coming at us. And this may be the ultimate power of the book is that we may no longer be able to feel empathy. And we're we're feeling this sort of sense of detachment. So the combination of these two sort of points of view, that they're really strange at first, you're not sure if they're working, but they're working towards this ultimate sort of realization about who we are as a society, as people. And ultimately, Eleanor is, you know, trying to change her life so that she can feel a little bit more. And our
1: hope is that we can do the same after we read this. It's a what the what. It is a what the what. Mm -hmm. Sounds great. What do you got? Well, um, my first uh, fiction pick is called Water by Jennifer Wilson. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And the uh, rest of the title on the front of the book is Love Polluted by Politics and Power Plays. This sexy romp filters the nitrate w- wars through the soil of lust and lost ideals. Good Lord. Right? I know. So right the way, you're kind of like, what? What the what? the What, what the what? Yes. So actually, Jennifer Wilson's a Des Moines native. Um, this book is published exclusively by Ray Gunn. And if you are familiar with Iowa at all, you know that they're very popular popular clothing store primarily um and so you can buy this book online though however if you want to read it after you hear this which i know you do then just go to ray gun and mm-hmm. you can buy it and they'll send it right to your house because that's Incredible. the power of mail <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: this crazy thing i know Called what the, the US what post office mail. <laughs> Got so excited. I spilled my glass. Oh, my gosh.
1: Okay. So um, I actually heard her speak at a panel. And what I loved about this book is that it it is a fiction book. It follows a reporter who gets assigned to this story about water quality in Iowa. And she... Her uh, editor is saying, like, no, you have to dig further. I want more information about this. And she's like, this isn't even a story. Because the story starts out with a guy who has built his own well, basically, and tapped into the reserve water supply. That's kind of like the cleanest version of the water. So essentially, he's, like, stealing it for himself. So he gets thrown in jail. But you get this idea, like, there's way more to the story. And so her editor's really pushing her. Um, and right away we find out that she's on the chopping block in a layoff situation at the newspaper. So that's kind of why she feels this extra pressure to really make this story a huge deal. So when I heard, um, the author Jennifer Wilson speak, what I, what, reminding me of the what, the what, is that she said she's very connected to this issue. She thinks it's really important. She thinks it's really um, something that Iowans particularly don't know a lot about, and we should. It should be something that we think more about, um, particularly in elections and things like that. But she's like, I'm not a scientist. I can't write all this and and stand by it. I didn't do the studies. I don't know the information. So she came up with this idea to write it as fiction, but she has all this scientific information in it but in a way that you don't even feel like that's what's happening. Wow. So I would catch myself kind of, you know, just powering through with the story because it was so gripping and then being like, well, wait a minute, kind of backing up and rereading it and kind of thinking about it. And really it ended up making me do a whole deep dive into water quality research because I wanted to know more. Wow! And she said, says in the front of the book that she has all of her sources and everything she consulted, um, On her website, jenniferwilson.com. She didn't put it, you know, in footnotes so you didn't break from the story, but she obviously did her homework. And I, for me, it was like a what the what? Because combining science with this amazing fiction seemed kind of like a new thing I hadn't Mm -hmm. seen before. Um, And then also, I I didn't know I cared that much about water quality. (laughs) And now I do.
0: <laughs> it's a good point, though, because I've been to Reagan. I've seen that book there, mm-hmm. and I assumed it was some sort of nonfiction or, or something about water. And I was like, nah.
1: Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You kind of, because I'm not a great science reader in right. terms of that, you know, especially technical stuff, or I don't want to read a bunch of studies put together. I mean, sorry, that makes me sound kind of ignorant, but. <laughs> It's true. Give it to me in a fiction novel and I will ingest it like crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was so great. So I think it's a great fusion of information about, you know, water quality, but you kind of feel like you're reading a news story, but there's all this conversation and the characters are really compelling. And I have to say, I just can't say uh, enough good things about this book. I just think it's worth it. And I think anybody particularly that lives in Iowa, but also just that even if you just want a good book, this mm-hmm. is it. Excellent. So, yeah. It was and you great. got to meet Jennifer Wilson. I did. Yeah. 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 Briefly. And I heard her speak and that it was actually what gripped me into reading. And I hadn't heard of it previously. Um, she's written another book that is falls kind of in the travel memoir kind of uh, category. But she spoke specifically about this book and how she decided about the topic and then decided what instrument she was going to use to write about it, which is also an interesting kind of what the what, because usually it's the opposite. You Mm -hmm. know, authors are like, oh, I'm going to write a novel and this Mm -hmm. is what it's going to be about. And she said for her, it works better to figure out the topic and then decide what the best vehicle is to disperse that information, which I thought was very interesting. Wow. Yeah. So what the what, it's amazing. That's what. Excellent. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Okay. I we guess know. I
0: care about water quality, too. You should. Mm-hmm. You should. I mean, technically, we all should.
1: We should, but... yeah. But I know it's not like a sexy thing to read, but right. she she managed to make it that way. She it, it way. sexy. Yeah, mm-hmm. she did. Wow. Hats off to you, Jennifer Wilson. Hats <laughs> off.
0: <laughs> well, and you said there was lust in the oh, subtitle, yeah title, right? Yeah, yeah. And she there jokingly go.
1: said that during the panel, like she didn't know how to get people to read it, so she added some sex, which... We all know that sells and works, right? Sure, does. But it wasn't. I mean, let me, she said that, you know, kind of in a joking manner. And yes, that's an element, but it's not, I mean, she didn't do that just to get you to read it. It all fits Mm. with the story. It's perfect. Yeah.
0: So it's not really... Porn or anything?
1: No, okay. no, no. I mean, there's that real graphic section. No, oh, just right, kidding. the orgy no. in the middle <laughs> yeah, in the, the, middle. the farm, yeah, yeah, yeah. farm with the farmers. No, <laughs> no. Wow,
0: yeah, that took a turn. I know. I'm well, sure she appreciates she us talking about orgies. Yeah, it was in good, and then it book. like
1: great blurb, and then I hated it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? My nonfiction pick. It has to do with sex. Sort of. Kind of. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. So I'm going to use that as a
0: transition. I like it. Yeah. My nonfiction pick is The Argonauts by Maggie Nelson mm. from 2015. So here's why I picked it. It's a it's a memoir, mm-hmm. but it's also sort of like theory and criticism and like essays at the same time. Um, it's this really original combination of so many things that's unlike anything I think that I've ever read. Um, and the glue holding everything together is this story of her relationship with a, a nine, non-bar- bleh, non-binary partner um, and their journey into pregnancy and parenthood. Because Nelson found herself falling in love with a person that can't be easily categorized or defined. She sort of dives deep into what sexuality and gender really is. Um, And she goes through the changes in her body due to pregnancy. And meanwhile, her partner is undergoing testosterone injections and double mastectomy. Um, So she digs into what it means to be a woman and a mother and how our society tries so hard to create like all these clear cut lines and boundaries of what people are and what and what mothers are in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Um, and because she's thinking about such blurring of these boundaries, um, it makes sense that her book is a, a lot of different things. It's, uh, and it's funny because it's slim. It's really it kind of yeah. thin here. It's only 150 pages or so, but it's packed full of all this personal explanation or, and exploration and dissection of our world. Um, there's sex here. Like I said, lots nice. of
1: it. Perfect.
0: There's love. There's identity. There's grappling with who we are as human beings.
1: There's grappling today.
0: A lot of grappling. Yeah. <laughs> lot of grappling. <laughs> Plus, there's the realness of having your breasts fill with milk combined with quotes from philosophers. Huh. That's a hell, a hell of a heavy, ride. That's a, ra- yeah, <laughs> that is a hell of a ride. One paragraph's all about boobs okay. filling with milk. Mm-hmm. The next is a quote from a, you know, scholar. And that's magic right there. It sure that's is. That's a what the what. It Fitting really is a what. The what. And apparently um, I'd never read anything else by Maggie Nelson, but she has sort of carved out this niche for herself where mm. she just she writes all sorts of what's the what the what kind of things, uh, memoirs and and essays and explorations in all different ways.
1: And that's interesting because I don't think that that's an area that is easily carved out. I mean, no. most of the time that's kind of like, a, yeah, we don't really know what to do with this. Right. So we're not going to do anything with it. Right. And in fact, I
0: was so intrigued on the back of the cover. They actually label it memoir slash criticism. But in the description, they also name it a work of auto theory. So like completely new category, like they're just creating wow. something new, which yeah. is awesome. So we have a precedent for creating something new. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: Have you read anything else by her?
0: No, not yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but this this really blew me away. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And uh, it, yeah, I think I'm going to read more. In fact, I think she has a couple books dealing with um, the, the murder of her aunt, Oh, um, and yeah. So combining again, like memoir and true crime and all sorts of different things. So it could be a really heck of a
1: heck of an interesting read. Yeah. Sounds great. Mm -hmm. Sounds like you could do a deep dive into Meg Nelson and get a lot of, a lot of great reading material. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And I feel like she, just from what you said, she'd be the type of person that will want a dat or a cog.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking from what I read, she would really dig the penguin. Oh, well, it's tiny and it's adorable. Yeah. We could invite her to the opening of our Chinese bread pudding penguin place.
1: Well, the great thing about it is that there's a further business opportunity in outfits for the tiny penguins. Oh,
0: my God. You know, like,
1: you might not know, but that American Girl doll thing blew up. Oh, I know. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, they, they sell accessories like yeah. and it's like crack for kids mm-hmm. so i feel like we could tap into that market with the penguin thing for sure i mean i
0: i used to live in chicago and they had that american girl place mm-hmm. store and at one point my dad was dragged in there and he described a, a setting that sounded like a war really just children everywhere doing putting their dolls in hair salons and yes sitting my mind kind of creeped me out,
1: Yeah, to be honest. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think we could capitalize on it for the Penguin, but I'm thinking of like a very specific 90s clothing line for the Penguins. like What? The Cavarici jeans. Oh my God. MC Hammer pants. God. Who doesn't yes. want to see a tiny penguin in MC Hammer? Everyone does. That's the answer. <laughs> Just shuffling back and forth, can't touch us. Yeah. no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean...
0: I think the cog and dat would also look good. In yes. Hammer, hammer pants.
1: Hammer pants. Perfect.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's what they're called. I call them MC hammer pants. Well, they're just They pants. were MC hammer pants. <laughs> I mean, he made them a thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We could tight roll some jeans. Oh, God. Yes. So great. Some acid wash jeans. Acid wash would be great. Yes. Terrific. Wow. You know what's back? Hmm. Scrunchies. Really?
0: Yeah. Okay. I had
1: a vast collection of scrunchies. Oh, I did too. I mean, let's be honest. You know,
0: put a scrunchie in and hairspray the shit out of your bangs, (laughs) and you're ready to go. (laughs) Talk about a what the what? Those bangs. Tease them up.
1: What's happening there? Spray a cloud of chemicals (laughs) on
0: your hair, and get it.
1: Perfect. (laughs) Exactly what I was going for.
0: (laughs) Please tell me your nonfiction has to deal with 90s fashion. Yes. And or bangs.
1: Yes. I will make it it work somehow. (laughs) Um. No, it doesn't at all. But that's okay. I think you'll okay. still like it. Great. So what I picked, it's a little bit different. Um, it's called The Best American Non-Required Reading. Ooh. It's the 2018 volume. So okay. if you're familiar at all, there um, is the Best American series. You know, they every year in October, mm. they put out, like, the best American short stories, the best American essays, the best American mystery stories of that year. Um, so for 2018, it would actually be uh, information from 2017, you know, they spend a year. So the reason that I picked this is what the what is for a couple different reasons. First of all, what it is, is a compilation of really, it can be anything like the other ones are very defined short stories, essays, mystery stories. They're very, you know, scientific or scientific science fiction stories. They're very, you know, driven by their category. And this one is, it can be anything. There's cartoons in here, there's Mm. sketches, there's essays, there's short stories. It's basically anything that is, they call it Mm -hmm. non-required. And I'll get to that in a second where they came up with that. But why it's what the what is because from page to page, you don't know what you're getting. You have no idea. So it's, it's a wonderful book to be able to kind of enjoy over a long period of time, you know, read little snippets and then come back to it or skip around if you want to. But the other thing that I think is amazing about this particular series is that it is put together by a committee of high school students that they have an editor and they have a guest editor that helps them form it. But for months during the year, they meet every Monday night. For two hours, and they read something all together, and then they discuss it as a group, and they decide if it goes in the yes, no, or maybe pile. And their definition of non-required is that it's it's not something that you are assigned in school or in college or as part of your work. Um, and their definition for what gets put in there varies from student to student, but basically they really all focus on this idea of just saying, does it say something to you? What works, what doesn't? Mm-hmm. And I love this idea for us in particular, because we're avid readers, we talk about books now on a podcast. I love it in the sense that we're not spending a whole bunch of time talking about motifs or themes or drawing out all the symbolism of this book, you know, dissecting Mm -hmm. it, It not on a technical level at all, but just on a gut level, like, Mm -hmm. oh, this brought up these emotions for me, or I really connected to this part in the story. And that's what they all say. That's how they pick it. Wow! And I just think that's such a cool process. Mm -hmm. And the stuff in here is amazing. There's so many different things in there. There's some sketches by an artist called Chris Simpson. They're cartoons. And because of that, I started following him on Instagram and they're just hilarious. I can't get enough of oh, them. Wow. Yeah. And there's um there's an excerpt from Roxanne Gay's hunger in here. There's all over the board. You just um, you know, names you recognize, names you won't, various topics, just it's really fun. Wow. And I do that's what I do. Um is read a couple things or maybe one thing and then I don't come back to it for a little bit and then I read another. Um And then, you know, the great part is if you finish close to October, you get another one. So... Yeah, You could spread it out over the year. Basically. Yes. Yeah. And that I usually get this one and then their short story collection too. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do with the short story one too, is just read one here right. and there. Um, but yeah, I, I really like this part of the best American series cause it's different and it's, you know, it has a little something for everyone. So even if you bought it and you didn't like a few of the things, there's still so much more in there to get. So
0: can you imagine being like one of those high schoolers to get to no. choose this? Like that's a lot of responsibility.
1: It is, but how cool. I know. That you get to sit around on a Monday night and be like, yeah, this is going in a anthology, essentially. It's Very cool. Power. Yeah. You know how I love power. Mhm. You would have really be enjoyed about that. About it. <laughs> I would be about it. It would probably get tense in there if I was there. I'd be like, what do you mean we're yes, we're putting this in. It'd become very, like, <laughs> dictatorish. Oh, yeah. They'd probably have to have some sort of intervention with me. Like, mm-hmm. Listen, mm-hmm. you're bringing great stuff, but your attitude sucks. It really
0: does. Yeah. Everybody else
1: has good ideas, too. Make mm-hmm. some room. <laughs> and I'd be like, nope, I invented the tiny penguin. So. Back off. Yeah. Pretty much I'm the best.
0: Did I tell you about the time I was a jury foreman?
1: <laughs> what? <laughs>
0: The look on Aaron's face is incredible. Yes, thinking about power and being drunk with power. You're I, Yeah. What?
1: You know how much I love Chicago. What the what?
0: <laughs> because it was the most boring case in trial. I refused to okay. believe that. Okay, well here was the deal. Okay. I was in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, I was called into, you know, jury duty and got assigned to a trial about diamond pen, uh patents. So it was two weeks of arguments from like You know, one company that was suing another saying their design was the exact same. They had people like teleconferencing in from Japan to talk about this thing. I fell asleep once. (laughs) Good job, Portman. (laughs) And then we were in deliberations for like a day or two. And I I was basically doing all of that. I was like, listen, we know what, what the deal is, right? Like we know. I don't even remember what the decision was. I was just... Half probably 75% certain I was right, but also 25% like, let's just get this shit done. Come on, get in line, Marsha. I don't know if there was a Marsha. There was someone there that was kind of like a Marsha.
1: So, did they vote you as the foreman? Is mm-hmm. that what happened?
0: How mm-hmm. did that come about? I think I just volunteered. Oh, you volunteered? Okay, I like it. Because I, like I think they were like, well, I guess we need a foreman. And I'm like, power. Yes. <laughs> yes, I will control
1: this now. It's also a great insight into our justice system because oh, yeah. I wonder how many trials do end because I I don't want to be here anymore. Ram. So, I, don't I mean, care. I was
0: 25 or something. I was like, yeah, I am carrying out justice.
1: <laughs> so, you have a direct impact on some companies for sure. Diamond business. You bet. That, I don't remember
0: any of their names. That's
1: real power right there. I
0: was also like, god, I am like the one of the few females that hates diamonds. Why am I here? But that nope. would have
1: been a great way to get out if you just stood up and I was like, is been. it blood diamond?" <laughs> <laughs> like the first day. Maybe like, yeah, we're going to have to let you go.
0: I should have. I didn't see how it was, uh, you know, going down oh. until suddenly we were in trial and it was oh. going to keep going. I was like, had to tell work like,
1: whoops. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't act crazy. I to am enacting justice
0: <laughs> over diamond patents.
1: It's important stuff. Yeah. Somebody has to do that work. I did. You did it. Civic duty. I sure did. I and loved my this civic story duty.
0: <laughs> my civic duty was <laughs> just, you know, rolling over everyone else, telling them what to do.
1: I've now pictured you in a Supreme Court robe mm-hmm. and like one of those wigs that they have to wear <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. when they're in court.
0: It fully transformed into a British Perfect. court experience. Yeah.
1: That's what I'm picturing. And I love it. In the Cook what would they building have done Chicago? if you showed up the second day in that? Like after that, you decided to be a foreman and you show up and you're like completely decked out. And then that was the day I fell asleep too. Yeah. That would have been great. You wake up and you're <laughs> a little bit crooked. Like I'm good. Did I drool? <laughs> oh my gosh. Everything about that's fantastic. Yeah, I can't believe I haven't told you that story. No, you never told me that story. Uh-huh. I'm going to cherish it forever. More, yeah, we're
0: going to get some more leverage out of that one. Yeah,
1: we are. What the what? Amy was a jury foreman. <laughs> Holy buckets. In my mid-20s. Perfect time. Well, Now I feel like you need to get on another jury and be like, look, look, I have experience.
0: I have full-on experience. In fact,
1: if you could do that over and over and over again, and then we could get some kind of article planted about how you're like, a, you know. The jury foreman, yes. Like you want her on your jury. Oh my god, yeah. Maybe like the fixer thing. or something. Yeah.
0: yeah. Ooh, I like this.
1: You're gonna have to decide how you feel about bribes. I feel good about bribes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. I thought that's what you're gonna say, and <laughs> I approve. Yeah. Good. Good.
0: Good. I mean, just being honest. Yeah. I feel I mean, real good about them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you might be offered some, and I think you should take them
0: hell yeah. yeah
1: and I would start a bidding war among the brides oh. be like listen you want to
0: give me $500 no we're going to need to go higher you're going to need to throw some nice things in as well as the money yeah $500 yeah come on Amy
1: this is a crime you need more than $500 what are you doing you're Good terrible point. at criminal <laughs> mischief <laughs> I'm terrible at taking bribes. Yes. It needs to start much higher.
0: Good Lord. This is a monopoly. All right. right. We'll, we'll work through my strategy. Okay. All right. On this Good and future heavens. episodes. If yeah. you are
1: ever offered a bribe, will you run it by me before you say yes?
0: <laughs> be like, listen, shady person. Let me call my friend Aaron real quick. <laughs> yeah.
1: She'll say if you're on track or not. <laughs> you know what the going rate for bribes in this kind of case is?
0: <laughs> It'll be like
1: my consigliere.
0: Godfather, yeah.
1: That sounds like a great job. Mm -hmm. I mean, besides the killing people, that would be a big bummer. Right, right. Yeah. You know, all in a day's work. All jobs have a downside. Yeah. So. I mean, okay, Jerry foreman, you want to tell us your uh, Yes, yes, culture I do in this fact. Week? I do. Okay.
0: And Aaron, you're not going to be super surprised, I don't think. Oh, because so so many of my pop culture favorites are sort of weird and genre bending and undefinable. I was thinking about Twin Peaks for this actually. Mm. Love that show. But I had to go with David Bowie. Oh, look at you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Really, David Bowie's chameleon. He's had so many identities over the years, and you could go with any era, any identity, any type of music, Um, any of his films. He's been in movies like The Hunger, Labyrinth, uh, The Man Who Fell to Earth, Twin Peaks, in fact. And they all have sort of a what the F, you know, what the what kind of quality Mm -hmm. to it. But I'm going to go with his album from 1972, Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. A note. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed.
1: She couldn't even say it with a straight face. I was just gonna let her do it, and it didn't even happen. What I was thinking was, I can't believe it took us to episode nine, number nine, to come to a David Bowie moment.
0: The thing is, Erin has read some of my writing. She knows how obsessed I am mm-hmm. with David Bowie. So I, I kind of had to force myself to wait a little bit. I didn't want to be like that. You just, crazy. Been chomping, at the just bits. chomping at the bit. Chomping at the bit. Figure out the like time Billy. to bring it in. Yeah. I'll probably recommend them again in the future. That's fine. Just deal yeah. with it. It's okay. We're okay. embracing it. So in this album, you've got sci-fi. You've got the earth will die in five years. An alien comes down to earth, becomes a rock star. You've got social commentary on the perils of fame and hero worship. You've got gender bending. You've got drag. It's this crazy fusion of song, image, into what could be seen as like sort of a concept album and opera, but also kind of interconnected stories. When you think about it, <laughs> I'm getting real into this. <laughs> oh my gosh, the attention to detail is just, <laughs> I had to justify bringing David Bowie in. If you can see my notes compared to Amy's notes for this section today.
1: <sighs> i'll wrap up no go you you do it i want you to fully enjoy your moment there will be more i know
0: like i said they should each be special <laughs> what i'm gonna link to in the show notes and on the website is um first of all the album on spotify so all of you can listen to your heart's content understand why I love this so much. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also going to link to this performance on Top of the Pops in 1972, where it's – you can see sort of everything I mean. Um, He is dressed in the most ridiculous jumpsuit you've ever seen, got some real bright orange head hair going on. Um, And so like a few years before that, um, homosexuality had been deemed uh, legal again after years of like horrible brutality against gay folks in Britain, including chemical castration and David Bowie is just kind of saying, what the what, and like draping his arm over his guitarist and sort of like winking and flirting and everything. It's, it's delightful. Just delightful. That's all I'll say. Okay. So David I Bowie. At
1: like <laughs> <laughs> first, I wasn't sure if you were going to narrow it down or your whole joke was just whole David. Whole- I just celebrated his <laughs> whole collection.
0: <laughs> you know, at first I was going to, and then I was just going to go into like a whole hours long conversation
1: it, about David yeah. Bowie.
0: Basically, not a conversation, a lecture, really. You right. would have just been stuck.
1: Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have a lot to contribute, but I would listen because mm-hmm. I'm here. And then in
0: editing, I would cut it all down, but I would make Aaron sit through all of it. <laughs> we're kidding. That's what just happened. This is after the second hour we're recording this part that we put in the podcast. We really put Band to the limit on this one. Yeah. Oh, dear. Thank you for letting oh, me have that moment. No,
1: I... You know what? I'm impressed that you had that kind of willpower. So mm-hmm, kudos mm-hmm. to you, really. And again, as
0: I said, I'm obsessed and Erin knows it. Mm-hmm. And so that's why she's laughing
1: so and much at me. that's okay. Yeah. You can, I, yep. You should embrace it, okay. I think. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I like to think that under your jury foreman British robe, you had a <laughs> David Bowie t-shirt on.
0: <laughs> I absolutely did.
1: Mm-hmm. I figured. Mm-hmm. Well, um... Oddly, mine's sort of, you know. You picked I- David Bowie too? <laughs> Did I convert you? Nope.
0: Yes! Finally! I made you read my whole novel. <laughs> All this David <laughs> Bowie shit, and you're like, listen, I don't know a lot about this, but cool. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, so I picked it for my pick. <laughs> I was going to say mine kind of is adjacent to music. But it's not David Bowie. (laughs) Um, So I picked, it's actually kind of a double pick because I couldn't decide between the two and they're both related. But uh, it's called uh, Fire Fraud. And then it's called Fire. So Fire Fraud is a documentary on Hulu. Yes, Fire is the documentary put out by Netflix. And they are both about the fire festival that was supposed to take place. Um, And if you are at all involved in social media, you probably saw things about it. Um, But essentially what was supposed to happen was that all these people paid enormous, and when I say enormous, I mean cost of a house, enormous amounts of money to go to this island in the Bahamas and they were promised like a a music festival and they would get to party and hang out with like models and celebrities. And so this whole crazy party experience, and it was sold that it was going to be on the island that Pablo Escobar owned. And
0: oh, that was these... a selling point. Yeah. Whoa. Because
1: that's a thing you want to do. Apparently. Like, I want to stumble across some side of a lot of murders, I'm sure yeah, or plotting yeah, of murder. Yeah. yeah. What's funny about that as a side note is that before I get to the rest of it, they had to move it off that island because they specifically marketed it that way. And the island said, you can't use Pablo Escobar in the marketing, like his estate, everything. They were like, no, you can't use Pablo oh Escobar. And then they did. And I was like, well, that's like, you couldn't even pretend you didn't know. <laughs> yeah. but anyway, so essentially what happened is that at the center of this, Billy McFarland is this entire con man. It was a whole fraud. So these people spent... I mean, there were things that cost $250,000, oh like beach villas that you were going to stay in for these two days. And they were promised like gourmet chefs and they were you know, going to get all these people there. And essentially how they got it advertised was they got a whole bunch of social media influencers to post about it. And if you're not sure what a social media influencer is, it's someone that essentially just gets paid to tell you stuff that you should like. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're right. What you're thinking, true. It's mm-hmm. gross. Very gross. Come on. And people like uh, Kendall Jenner that posted it. And they said she got paid like 250 grand just for her post. I mean, unbelievable. So they got all these people to buy in. These social media influencers were promised things as part of their payment. They showed up and were you know, on Instagram talking about it. Um, and so everybody gets there. And first of all, they were promised first-class accommodations. They're basically flying a coach jet. They arrive. There's no villas. There's tents from FEMA that they bring in during, like, you know, horrible, horrible hurricanes and things Mm -hmm, like that. mm -hmm. There's no gourmet food. There's a piece of bread with some cheese slapped Mm -hmm. on it. So, of course, this erupted into a firestorm on social media. Essentially, there was no, like, nothing was planned. Like, these people, there was no music. They didn't have a way to get back to the United States. It was mass hysteria and really when you think about it, they're incredibly lucky that no one was yeah, killed or injured or yeah. whatever. But so essentially they got all these people, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands, millions of dollars that were spent on this. And it was, the whole thing was a hoax when it happened. Of course, everyone thought it was hilarious mm-hmm. because haha serves you right. If you spend that kind of money to hang out with a celebrity or whatever, right. you know? I admit
0: so, I felt that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. A lot of people did. And mm-hmm. and you were honestly, you were right in thinking it. So There's been two documentaries done about it. There's one, like I said, called Fire Fraud on Hulu, and then there's one just called Fire on Netflix. Um, I watched the Netflix one first, and I I really, really, really enjoyed it. It's very fast-paced. There's lots of original footage from the social media people getting to the island, things like that. Um, Hulu I watched, and they actually got an interview with Billy McFarland. He actually agreed to sit down and speak with them. So that's very interesting. For me, what I would recommend is watching the Netflix one first if you're if you're going to do both, mm-hmm. because the Netflix one was very specific facts, like it really took you through what happened. The Hulu one is a lot more about how could this happen, mm-hmm. like what's wrong with our society that we're willing to just listen to these people and spend all kinds of money to go to an island, you know, just kind of the ridiculousness of it. Right. So the other creator um, was Ja Rule. He was involved as well. Um, but Billy McFarland is now in prison. He's serving a six-year prison sentence for fraud, um, which you definitely, I mean, he should. I don't even know if six years is long enough. How but did he think he was going to get away with it? he He's the typical con man in that he's committing a con over here and getting money to pay off this con that he did over here. So where he got caught up is that in a festival situation, You are, there are taxes. There are, you know, he hired all these locals in the Bahamas to put, construct the set, to construct the stages, to put up these FEMA tents. I mean, these people were not paid. There's a, in the Netflix version, there's a lady who owns a bar who talks about how she had to basically, go through all of her savings to pay all of her workers for the, just for like the day and a half that people were there because they were the only bar. I mean, that was the only place. So her workers, you know, she had to pay them out of her pocket. She never got paid by anybody on that team. So yeah, he just, and it's very interesting to watch the Hulu one to see his interview. Um, he really learned nothing. He went back to the United States, was living in this great penthouse. He escaped the island before everyone else too, by the way. <laughs> of course. Got he did. a flight out before everybody else. Yeah. Um and then he started committing other fraud, like calling people and say he was he targeted all the people that bought fire tickets.
0: Oh my god. And tried
1: to sell them fake tickets to like Victoria's Secret Lingerie shows and um the Grammys and the Super Bowl. So these people would buy the tickets and then at the last minute he would Use that money to buy the tickets he sold the last week. It was, it's insane. And it's, it's a what the what, because mm-hmm. you're like, well, first of all, it took me like the first 45 minutes to even understand what they were trying to do in this whole festival situation. Wow. So that's a what the what. Mm-hmm. It's a what the what that this all happened because people willingly posted it on social media. Yeah. It's a what the what that people paid so much money yes. to do this. And yeah. some of the ideas that Ja Rule, Billy mcfarland he had this other guy working with him. Um, Some of the ideas that they had are just like, what how did you think that was gonna work it's it's mind-blowing honestly wow and they have uh uh, interviews with a lot of people who are involved in his company or in promoting it and those are all really interesting it's a really interesting commentary and group think too because a lot of them are like yeah i mean i didn't know i kept saying this isn't gonna work but no one was listening and it's my job so just one of those trains
0: that starts yes i just couldn't stop it yeah
1: so it's very very interesting um I will say, uh, because I don't like to not be upfront about things, um, that the one on Netflix is put out by um, a company called F. Jerry Media who was a big social media influencer. Um, And Hulu points out that they were actually paid to promote the festival. So they question why they promoted the documentary on Netflix, why they helped put it together. So you can make up your own mind when you watch those two things about their culpability. Interesting. I mean, I think if you go down that road, you probably have to hold a lot of people responsible, but so they both come from two different viewpoints. They're Mm -hmm. very different, but it's, it's man, it's an interesting story.
0: So I thought when you were saying you didn't want to, You wanted to be upfront about things that you were going to say you invested in the Fry Festival. (laughs) (laughs) That you were one of these social media influencers. I bought a villa.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh Mm -hmm. I was real disappointed. Uh, Had that that bread with cheese Yeah, because that sounds like me. The whole time that I was watching it, I kept thinking, (laughs) first of all, why do I want to be with all those people? God, no. These sound terrible. I would pay for a villa to not be around anyone. That's
0: like our haters going to hate episode. So hate much. Hate every single one of them. Hate
1: all of this. All of them. Everything that's happening. No redeeming qualities None. at all. Nope. Nope. And also, like, one of the headliners <laughs> was Blink-182. What? Yeah. That's a what the what. That really There's, is yeah. a what the what. Well, and they had advertised supposedly that, like, Kanye West and some other people were going to be there, but that was never really as specifically said. But well, Blink-182 was actually booked, and they backed out because they never got paid before oh they God. showed up but i'm like you're really going to go to an island and listen to blink 182 i mean maybe we i think. you know what if you're a blink 182 fan explain it to me maybe they are right. amazing I mean, live i, I don't know. i didn't
0: align them with the hip you know uber wealthy but no. i mean maybe they are
1: what's my name again mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what i think of <laughs> <laughs> that's what i think of oh yeah and guess what i still remember my name so oh yeah thanks blink 182 i
0: remember all the lyrics to that song i do too unfortunately i was about i think it mentions like nobody likes you when you're 23 and yeah. i think i was 22 and i was like this is about me Ooh, yeah it really wasn't no it was but- about a dumb guy
1: yeah a lot of their songs are about dumb guys mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. but they were you know kudos to them they got out that's right they knew something good was afoot yep. yeah good job blink 182 smarty pants yeah yeah that's i'm sure that's bad They're around <laughs> a lot <laughs>
0: Point one eighty two.
1: So yeah, check it out. Wow, you would definitely be saying what the
0: what. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that I would definitely be saying what. The, I've heard multiple things about the the one on Netflix in particular, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think I need to.
1: I think I need to watch both of them now. It is it's, it's good, good recommendation. It was good. I like yeah. both of them. So I, I was going to narrow it down and pick one, and I just couldn't. So take
0: them both. You know, this episode is all about defying categorization, yeah. defying
1: exactly either or
0: exactly so you did both and if you
1: feel like you don't have the time to watch two documentaries about one festival i challenge you to take a look at your schedule and see what you can move out make the time you don't need to attend
0: some of those meetings at work no come
1: on no just take the mm-hmm. afternoon
0: in the av room or it's whatever actually and
1: a public service duty Yeah. so we can prevent things like this from happening exactly. in the future it's education it is education mm-hmm. do it that's what i say don't blame us if you get fired No, I will not take that on. Mm -mm. That's Mm – you make your own choices. (laughs) Even though we strongly recommend.
0: (laughs) Well, we hope we've made you say what is happening or what the what multiple times in this episode. Maybe more than any other so far. I would think. Yeah. I think we nailed it, Erin. And so I think we'll be back next Wednesday. I think we will. I think we will. (laughs) But in the meantime, head to our website. Broadzandbooks to check out all the recommendations we made in this episode and one bonus pick. Every episode we pick an extra pick, and
1: it's only on our website. So go there and guess what else is only on our website? What? There's some bonus material. What? And by bonus material, I mean recorded bonus material. We get we get weird. We get deep. If you like this show, you're gonna like the bonus mm-hmm. material. You should check it out. Mm-hmm. There's there's Stuff you're going to enjoy. And we got more coming. All the time. Mm-hmm. It's an idea factory mm-hmm. in here. <laughs> Podcat keeps, you know,
0: pressuring us to come up with more ideas. And we're like, yes, ma'am. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. Tough boss, but yeah. fair. Yeah. Fair. I like it. You can also check out our Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram sometimes to see Podcat. Mm-hmm. Sometimes to see us. Mm-hmm. But also to give us feedback. Let us know items you might want to hear us talk about in future episodes. And if you have a great idea for a future theme
1: let us know. You can find links to all of our accounts and our email at broadsandbooks.com. And here's something else that's really important. What? And I've never been more serious in my whole oh, entire God, life. look really serious. I, I hope you I'm conveying real. that. Look at I'm doing my politician hands. Oh, God. You can't see, but my hands are steepled oh, together because this is how important it is. We want other people to find us. We do. We, we do. really do. And the best way to do that is for you to give us a review mm-hmm. wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us a review. Mm-hmm. It's easy. That helps us stay up in the ratings. It helps other people find us. It helps keep us up in the search engines. It's really the way that this continues. Mm-hmm. So, and we know you like us. So help us out. Why wouldn't you want to share that joy? Exactly. If you're selfish fun. with your joy, I don't. Ugh. Ugh. Right. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> you moved your steeple hands to a a fist how dare you okay so essentially yeah what we need is a review all right don't make me steeple my hands again it's a lot and i know
0: aaron's been kind of commanding but i'll add a a please thank you okay yeah that's probably nice (laughs) we are excited to hear from you and excited to be back every week until next time that is it for us happy reading Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.